Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Grecian's Gossip, um, another depleted team here. Today no Howard or David uh, but myself Jamie Hawkins and Daniel Clark Hello. are here today to uh, carry on. Um, let's just start by looking back on, on Saturday, a big game against uh, another promotion hopeful in Swindon Town and um, a 3-1 win of course after coming from behind and um, Dan I don't know if you agree with me, but the first 20-30 minutes were perhaps one of the poorest um, this season and the remaining 70 were arguably the best of the season so far. Yeah, I think that's a fair enough assumption of how it went, you know, that first the first sort of half an hour, pretty much actually until Swindon scored really, it was just City just never got going. They sort of couldn't keep, couldn't hold on to the ball. They were losing all the fifty fifties in midfield, and it just you sort of looked and felt as if it was going to be another fairly disappointing afternoon. But but whatever ha- whatever happened, once Swindon got the goal, all of a sudden it just started to click and almost almost gave them the kick up the backside they needed to to go out and play. And you know they got the equaliser. You know, fairly quickly they could have had, should have had another one beforehand. I'm not, still not quite sure what Jaden Stockley did wrong, but you know to have that goal disallowed, and then obviously got the penalty and went two one up from there. And you know in the second half, the formation change made it a lot more negative. Almost you know ten at the back with Stockley up on his own, but Swindon actually they never ever looked like they were actually going to get an equaliser. And obviously Stockley got his deserved goal late on to. To kill it off, and it was a it, it was a performance which for about twenty twenty five minutes was as bad as it's been, and then for the rest of it, it was pretty much as good as it's been for for a long time. And it was, you know, I think it was, it was a big game to get a win against Swindon. Were within three points, you know, of Exeter. That that win, you know, gives them a big cushion over them to six points now, really. And I'm sure we'll come on to it. In a, later on in the podcast, but obviously the next game is against the other side who are just chasing outside the playoffs in Lincoln, and it just gives you a little bit of breathing space. Almost that win 
almost means you can afford to lose the Lincoln game now because you'll still be in the playoffs, still ahead of everyone. You know, obviously, I think you'll be, you know, the club will probably be looking you know, upwards rather than downwards and sort of thinking, okay, we can we can get Wickham for third spot now, or we can. In that instance, but it just gives you that little bit of breeze. It gets a big home win against another side, and you know keeps the momentum from the from the win of the previous week. Um, you know, going. So it's all you know looking a little bit more positive. I think this time than it did this time last week. Mm, and well, I thought it was a brilliant performance all round, really, apart from the first sort of twenty minutes. And it's hard to to single someone out, but there are a few. Standout performances for me. Jordan Story, who I think was making his first um, home debut for the club, I thought he was outstanding. I agree with what Paul Tisdale said. Looked like he'd been playing a hundred games, not four or five. Um, Kane Wilson again was was great. Stockley was getting quite a lot of stick from the Swindon fans. I don't really know why, because he was elbowed at least three or four times. Yeah, I mean there were some of the times he was. There were definite fouls. There were some which. Fair, fair to say, had they been from, you know, were probably not fouls, and he was sort of, he was throwing himself to the ground a little bit at, at the time. At the times, so it's one of those that I think he was enjoying winding them up. Some of them were fouls, some of them perhaps not. But you know, he kept he kept battling hard, and you you could tell when he put the ball in the back of the net with his knee slide in front, you know, cupping the ear to the Swindon fans, and then the knee slide. That he enjoyed winding them up really there, but it's almost you know almost back back to front. There was a was a strong performance by everyone really. Mm. New different formation as well. Um, went for for wing backs with you know Sweeney, uh, Story, and and Moxie at the centre backs, and that seemed to work pretty well. And another partnership that seems to be sort of working is um, Stockley and, and Matt Jay. You know, Stockley's looked a bit frustrated in the last few weeks not getting the right service, no runners and Matt Jay was, was doing a lot of uh, that running on Saturday and um, Matt Jay's, okay, hasn't got a, a senior goal yet but he seems to have won the fans over already and do you think that's a, a partnership that could, could last? Potentially yeah, I think it sort of there looks as if there's a little bit of a relationship building between them Maybe it's just the fact that Stockley's actually got someone within twenty yards of him to to win, you know, to to link up with. But they do seem to be linking up reasonably. Oh, Matt Jay, he you know he looks lively. He looks, you know, he puts a shift and he runs around a lot. And there's flashes of quality there where you look at you think, okay, this is you know yeah here's we can see what the players at the clubs say they see about him. But then. You know, you would feel a little, you know, worried. You know, Matt Jay's had he's had enough chances this season that he should have hit the net three or four times and and hasn't. And he, I think, he does need to get that goal sooner rather than later. Maybe you know, just for his own peace of mind, so to speak. Because you know, particularly if you're looking at it, and you, you know, as well as they link up, he probably has to be scoring goals as well, Matt Jay, if he's gonna gonna play in that role. Whether we think, you know, it does look like he seems at the minute he wants him in the games at home and then, you know, away from home, Matalinden's come into the side instead or perhaps to see how it works with Harley when he comes back from injuries to how that all, all fits up. But there does look to be a little bit of a relationship. It did seem slightly ironic, actually, that they've, they've switched the formation to the sort of the three five two system that 
we actually, I think, would possibly, you know, I think a lot of people think, would get the best out of Ryan Harley when he's actually not available, mm. which, you know, sort of wonder whether it's a, we're going to go with this and he might come back in later on. And also, you know, the irony, irony of going to three centre-backs when your two best centre-backs are both injured. But, mm. you know, with the emergence of story, actually, at the moment, Exeter have almost got too many centre-backs at the club because you look, you know, back three of of Moxie, Story and Sweeney and they've all, you know, looked fairly comfortable in that position and then you look at, obviously, more Taylor and and Brown out out injured, you had, you know, Troy Archibald, Henville and Luke Kroll sitting on the bench you had, and Danny Seaborn as, as well, not even in the squad so you've almost got eight players who could play centre-half there which is almost an abundance of rich, riches, so to speak and, you know, there were concerns without more Taylor and Brown you know, how do they cope? And they've definitely got the numbers to cope, and you know, potentially looks like the quality as well. Because that, that those, you know, Sweeney looked, you know, looked, looked quite decent, good in that position. Doesn't, you know, not having to play further forward means his, you know, you know, he's, he's not quite got the quality on the ball that Kane Wilson has in, in those attacking positions. So it sort of works out that way. Moxie, I think, looks really good in, you know, in that left centre back role where he can, you know, use the experience and his aerial presence to, you know, to, to win the ball there and story in the centre just look, come straight into the side and looks like he's been there for a long time so you know it's a, it's a you know, slightly strange scenario that you've got your two best centre backs out injured, your two most experienced or, or you know the people you'd assume would be the reserves sitting on the bench and three others in there but you know defensively Exeter they look pretty solid as we you know, have most seasons, they haven't conceded a lot of goals. It's more been going forward that perhaps not been scoring as many goals as as the club would have liked. But if they can, you know, manage to score three goals against a you know, a good side in Swindon, who are going to be in and around the you know the playoff push without really you know doing too much going forward, and you know, that does bode well. You know, looking ahead. Hmm. Just back on on match day, I did like on Saturday that he did win quite a few headers, which was pretty impressive. Um, if anyone was at the game, and you'd seen the size of him compared to Swindon's number two, the right back, he was an absolute monster, like double the size of him. You but always he, wonder uh, why they're playing long balls to Matt Jay, not Jake and Stockley, but <laughs> yeah. but it worked, so can't complain, I suppose. Um, anyway, I caught up with uh, Paul Tisdale on Thursday um, to look ahead to to this weekend. Um, and here's what you have to say. Well, first things first about the ma- matches coming up. You know, at business end of the season, things change on almost a daily basis, let alone. So uh, I guess it's great having so much to play for at this stage of the season. It is, it's exciting. We've worked all year to be in a position where we have a real purpose to the end of the season, a positive purpose, and we have it. You know, So I'd like to be a few points better off. games to go, there are plenty of points, lots of teams playing each other, so teams will drop points and um, if we win our games, we're gonna, or most of them, we're going to be in a good position. Okay, so um, as we head into the Easter weekend, two games with um, Lincoln on Friday and, and Cheltenham on Monday, let's start with the, the trip to Lincoln. Um, last week was a massive game against Swindon and now it's another one um, against Lincoln away on Friday, Good Friday. Um, we've got the tables in front of us, Daniel, and it's certainly um, 
all to play for in terms of the playoffs because a win would put us on 69 points, leave Lincoln on 61 and you win that and suddenly it's a, a nine point gap and you're not just looking at securing a playoff place but it's starting to look above the top three as well. Yeah, I think it, it's a game that you probably, if you're off the draw now, you'd take the draw and sort of, you know, you know it is one of only you know two games in the rest of the season that you look at and you sort of think okay this could be this could be a, a game where we slip up and you could lose points you know they've got eight games left this season obviously this trip you've got the Accrington trip as well and then Colchester at home on the last day of the season the other five games are all against sides in the bottom half of the table so Exeter as we've been saying they've got a very they've got a favourable run in so this game you know you've got probably got a for automatic, you're probably looking five wins, two draws, something like that. You need so you take this as one of your draws in that one. It keeps you, you know, well in the playoff space, just about in the in the race for automatic promotion, and keeps that gap back to Lincoln to five points. You know, obviously, if if you can win the game, you can almost you know that's going to stretch the gap to the playoffs to eight points, and then you're probably starting to to ink in for sure. And okay, worst comes to the scenario, you're going to finish seventh. So, you know, if you, it would be great if, they, you know, if we can go to Lincoln and beat them at their place, you know, extend the gap. But it, it does sort of feel more of a game that it's more important not to lose the game rather than to, you know, to have to go and win this one, particularly, you know, given you know, what you've got coming up. You've got four home games against sides who are either in the bottom half of the table or, you know, don't really have much to play for. At the end, so you know it's you know it's it's a, you know Lincoln. I think we saw at the start of the season they were, they looked a decent side, but didn't really have a, a threat on that game. I think it was a Ruben Reed sort of scored a goal out of nothing in the first yeah. half to win it, and that was about the only time the ball got anywhere near either goal. So I'm not expecting again to be too many goals in the game, but it's a game that I think oh, I need to you know if you, you can just come away with. You know, take a scrappy point, take a scrappy one nil, and, and go from there. Really, it's going to be a tough game. It's looking like a, a sellout crowd there. Nine or ten thousand. It's going to be quite an intimidating place to go. Um, and I'm going myself, and yeah, it should be hopefully um, a, a big game and a big win. And um, you know, then looking ahead, uh, Easter Monday, Cheltenham at home. Said before that that should be a nail on three points. However, looking at their their form, they're unbeaten in five, and they. They won, I think it was 5-2 at Wickham last time out. Yeah, so they five just... past Crawley as well. So yeah. they're, in, they're scoring a lot of goals, Cheltenham. You know, I think Mohamed Isum's got to be on. I think he's up there with one of the top scorers in the division. But it does sort of feel, if you can keep him quiet, you probably keep the rest of the team team quiet. And, you know, although they score a lot of goals, actually, you know, they, con- they concede a lot of goals as well. They conceded 57 this season, and it's, I think there's only three or four teams who've conceded more goals than them their season. So, you know, that they might come they're gonna probably come looking, you know, not to sit back and contain. Like we have seen a few sides at the part this season. They're gonna come out and probably try and, you know, you know, win the game, score more than Exeter can do. So it I think just like we are, we saw obviously at the start of the season, next one four three at Cheltenham. So mm. you know, perhaps not quite as, you know, such a high scoring game, but it's probably if you're gonna going to say which one of the two games there's going to be goals in, it would be the, probably the game on Monday rather than the, the game on Friday I'd expect. Mm. 
It's going to be a fascinating uh, couple of games, but you know, I guess the Cheltenham one with City's impressive home record. Um, you, you think we put them in, in, in good stead? Um, do you think, you know, looking at the playoffs now, you think should be in and around there? Is Luton and Accrington both on seventy-four points, Exeter on sixty-six? Do you think they're, you know, quite far behind? Wickham, do you think they're chaseable? You've got to say that just yes. You think you know it's they've got a game in hand on Wickham, so win that. The game in hand is at home to Chesterfield, who are in the relegation zone. I know, I know they've picked up their form recently. You know they beat Notts County on the TV on on Sunday, but they are still in the relegation zone. So you'd you'd hope to win that one, and then you know one point behind them with seven games to go. You can't really say that you're out of that race at all. I mean, it's not. I'd, you know, I don't think City are favourites to go up automatically, but you know, when you look at the running they've got, which is probably soft, which is softer than a lot of other teams, you know, and you look at the, you know, the fact that they seem to be in good form at the minute. They've picked up, you know, recently. You'd think that they, you know, they've got the chance to, you know, to reel in Wickham and overtake them, and you know, if they, if, you know, as saying, sort of five wins and. You know, five wins, two draws, something, and you know, one loss in their remaining fixtures probably would be enough, really, given the other sides are going to drop points. I mean, you're looking around as well, and you're sort of seeing Mansfield, who are just behind City in the table. They've their, their form, what since Steve Flitcroft took charge, they haven't won a game yet under him, so they're not in great form. It's Coventry, I think, are probably the side who you're looking at, and you know, thinking they're the other side who are likely who are chasing. Down the automatic promotion, but they're in great form recently. They've been, you know, winning a lot of games, and you'd you'd possibly look at them and say, okay, I know they've got they've got a long way to cap. Then you know, they're two points behind Exeter as well, but they look to be the one danger from behind. I think not obviously Notts County still ahead of Exeter, but their form has has fallen away a little bit, and you wouldn't have thought the way they're playing at the minute, automatic promotions on the cards for them. I mean. I know, you know, the thing is, you'd say of Accrington, they are eight points ahead of Exeter at the minute, and they've got a game in hand. But if you look at their running, I think, yeah, they've got, you know, they've got nine games left to play, and eight of those games have been sides in the top half of the table. So I think they've got, I think they've got, other, I think looking at it, they've got all other than Luton. I think they've got every single side in the automatic promotion or the playoffs places still to to play. So you're looking at that and you're thinking. You know, it's either they're going to be taking points off everyone else, and you know, putting you know Exeter City, particularly if they can get a result up there, you know, they'll be gaining on everyone else. Or if Accrington start to stumble, and you know, with that run, and they've got a very difficult run in, you you know, they could be, you know, you could easily see them, you know, maybe only winning one or two more games this season. They they then just about come into contention that with a strong finish to the season they are catchable but if they're not catchable they are you know, and they do finish well then they're taking points of everyone else and that's going to benefit Exeter as well mm. Yeah, plenty of twists and turns to come yet you feel um, let's just finish with some predictions for Lincoln shall we um, I think yeah we've established it's going to be a well you think it would be a, a tight low scoring game um, a win would be Fantastic. We've got a lot of breathing space between um, Exeter and Lincoln, but it's always going to be a tough place to go, like I said, in front of a, a big crowd. So, um, 
I'm just going to sit on the fence, I think, and go for a 1-1 one, one draw. And always so getting, getting in there first of what I was going to go ones. for. Um, I'm going to say I think Lincoln might actually edge this one 2-1 and pick up a win, but City then respond back on Monday and beat Cheltenham 2-0 to get back to winning ways. OK, well, there's going to be plenty of action this weekend, of course, with, with two games over the bank holiday, and um, we'll be back uh, hopefully next next Wednesday to um, deliberate and, and chat over these results and hopefully find um, City in a, a good position again.